60 minutes of insight and analysis on the Volunteers and Titans. Powered by the Outkick Network, this is the Tennessee Power Hour with Jonathan Hutton and Chad Withrow. We are back. Another edition of the Tennessee Power Hour served up by Nelson's Greenbrier Tennessee Whiskey. Enjoy responsibly. 45.5% alcohol by volume. I enjoyed some Tennessee whiskey up in the Great Smoky Mountains. Oh, did you? This past weekend. I am not ashamed to say, Hutton, I uh, absolutely enjoyed some of that great Nelson's Greenbrier Tennessee whiskey, and you should be enjoying that responsibly as well. The Titans now, Hutton, as we talk Titans and Vols on every edition of the Tennessee Power Hour, they are enjoying a new general manager. Rand Carthon is the hire, so we're going to cover all aspects of that hire and what to look for moving forward with that Titans organization, plus Rob Lewis of On3 Sports, of VolQuest.com, will join us to talk some Tennessee basketball, top five in the nation, Tennessee basketball, as they get ready for a big weekend tilt at home with game against day. Texas. With college game day there. College game day, in fact, visiting Knoxville twice this week. We may have to ask him about UConn on Thursday night in Thompson Bowling Arena, the return of Gino Ariema and a special college basketball, women's college basketball game day will be in Knoxville for Gino Oriema's return for the first time in years wow. to play in Knoxville, Tennessee against the Lady so, Vols. So they become the only program to host all three possible game days for those sports, I That's believe. That's true. I, and, and you say that, didn't know there was a women's basketball game day, but I, I guess I, it's very either. rare that it happens, so... Yeah, Tennessee's the only one that's uh, done that. Good time for Tennessee Athletics, and we'll talk all about it. Always a good time to talk to you about Two Rivers Ford as well. In-stock inventory is back at Two Rivers Ford. Truckloads of vehicles they've been waiting for all 2022. Well, they're here in 2023. F-150s, Explorers, Edges, Escapes. Two Rivers Ford has them all in every color, every trim level, with every available option. And don't forget, Two Rivers Ford sells all non-specialty new Fords. Below MSRP, so you're always going to get a, a great price. And when it comes to financing, Two Rivers is offering great rates this month, starting at just 2.9%. And I always like to mention that when you do business with Two Rivers Ford, you're doing business with a local dealer that's been around since 1983 with an A-plus rating from the Better Business Bureau. These are great people, and you're going to be in great hands when you deal with them. So go online to tworiversford.com. Call them at 1-800-900-1000 or go see their non-commissioned sales team in Mount Juliet. But whatever you do, do it fast before the in-stock inventory is gone. Two Rivers Ford, powered by Ford, driven by people. Hutton, the Tennessee Titans, are now driven by Rand Carthon. And when you look at this hire, first, I just want to get your take on Rand Carthon's background, hiring someone from the 49ers organization. Before we get into the dynamic between him and Mike Vrabel and what that's going to look like, what was your initial reaction to the hire? Well, I, I think he checks a lot of the boxes that you would look for in a general manager where he's done a little bit of everything throughout his career to work his way up to this opportunity and moment. But let's not get it twisted here. Um, when it comes to general manager hires and searches, this is, it's far from the head coaching searches where you get a sense of where they've been, who they've coached, the success or lack thereof that they've had, um, it, getting an opportunity as a play caller versus not, how you've developed certain players. The tough thing about the general manager searches across the league this time of year, and I'm, I'm sure everyone can kind of relate to this, is you don't know really who brought which player to the forefront of that organization and right. said, hey, this is my find. But from those I've talked with that know him very well, 
Um, Dave McGinnis is one of them. Jeff Fisher, one of them, because they hired Rand whenever they were with the uh, with the Rams. He was with them for five years. The way that's described, Fisher says he is able to paint the picture, meaning if you close your eyes and you listen to him describe a player, you can picture that player and how he's going to fit in your system. He's very good at targeting what you want as an organization. So that's number one. Communication level, uh, I've heard nothing but great things there from him on this. And he gets an opportunity based on the depth of the roster that he helped build in San Francisco. That's what they're known for. And it's the back end of drafts where they've had a ton of success. And Rand Carthon gets an opportunity here because Amy Adams Trump wants the depth of the roster to increase and be much, much better than what it is. You mentioned that ability to paint a picture. He's going to have to paint that picture for Mike Vrabel and have mm-hmm. the ability to, what's the key buzzword with the Titans right now? Collaborate. Collaboration. It's I'm always going to be I'm a collaboration. I'm yeah, it's like synergy. You know, I got tired of synergy a long time ago with corporate buzzwords. Yes. Now it's collaboration that we're hearing over and over again. What a concept. But yeah, and I mean, <laughs> it's also not some crazy concept to think about a GM needing to identify the talent that a head coach wants for their systems and what they want to do. So what do you think about the power dynamic between Rand Carthon and Mike Vrabel and do you see Rand Carthon as someone who is, you know, for lack of a better word, someone in a work uh, a relationship that's in service to Mike Vrabel's vision of what he wants with the Titans? It's, it's an intriguing setup from this angle. Keep in mind the setup that they had prior to his hire. John Robinson was the executive vice president and the general manager. What that meant was John Robinson was over and in control of football. For the organization. And he could sign contracts on his own without anyone's approval. Sure, but just over football. Yeah. There, now, Mike Vrabel's not over football. Rand Carthon's not over football. They report to Amy Adams-Strunk. So Vrabel reported to Robinson. Now he reports to Amy Adams-Strunk. Same goes for Rand Carthon. It's a setup that's going to force these two guys with equal power to work things out between them. That comes with communication, collaboration. I mean, that's obvious. But I thought it was important whenever we heard Carthon at the pressers say, it's my job to make sure Vrabel has what he needs. Vrabel knows the players that he wants to retain, the players that he doesn't need on this roster, barely wants to play special teams. Um, That's up to them, not the player, I'm saying. They don't need them on the field. And that, that's the, the, the initial description of the player you want, right? But then after that, identifying the top needs in the draft, the identity and where you can tweak it moving forward. And it's Carthon's job to go out and evaluate, go out and br- be the personnel guy on a day-to-day basis and bring that to the roster with a good head coach that can then get the most out of that. In theory, that's the partnership in all of this now where there'll be dis of course there are going to be disagreements but i honestly doubt there's a disagreement as they begin the draft and on draft night when the, they're on the clock they're ready to go to blows with each other because they disagree on who they're going to take that's never going to come across that way and i will also add this in the fact that it is now collaboration as the key word they're both responsible for football not just one guy, both. 
And I think that's very important with the tone that Amy Adams Strunk is setting. There was one guy that Amy Adams Strunk blamed for the Titans' failures, and that was John right. Robinson. Now there's two people to share the blame. I think that's an important point. Another important point is that when asked about Ryan Tannehill, I didn't get the sense, Hutton, that Rand Carthon was overly committed, uh, was a little bit non-committal on Ryan Tannehill as the quarterback moving forward. What, what did you make of his comments? I loved his answer um, because it also says he's willing to speak his mind after knowing what Vrabel has already said about Ryan Tannehill. Right? Vrabel in his final presser of the season after the loss to Jacksonville said that Ryan Tannehill's the starter. He's healthy. He's our starter. He was definitive in saying he wanted Ryan back without saying it. That's not what we heard at the initial presser, which tells me that's not something that was, you know, had to be agreed upon before Carthon took the gig. I'm, I'm intrigued by it because the quote was, this is a quarterback-driven league. People are hired and fired every day over that position. I want to spend more time evaluating that position so I will have my own opinion. Then Mike and I will confer and we'll figure it out. I love that. Because he's not coming in and just saying, well, Tannehill's the best answer. He's going to evaluate and, and make sure he's the best answer. I've said, to me, it makes the most sense for next year. You can still go out and draft a quarterback, but you restructure Tannehill's contract. They also save $18 million on the cap if they cut or trade him. But you have to have an alternative, and what's the plan in that? We're going to know soon about the rebuild or reload dynamic, because I think it's going to be a combination of both things. But the quarterback decision channels all of that for us we're going to know okay if they're bringing Tannehill back on a restructured contract it's more of a reload around him ensuring that you have an offensive line that can protect him and you give him more weapons in the passing game but if you go the opposite route there are only two ways to go you spend money and get someone that's better because I think there are several quarterbacks Chad that are lateral moves you can improve in the free agent market too potentially or the trade market or you draft and you start building for a future instead of the immediate September that's that's coming up. I'm intrigued by it. I like the fact that he's saying, hey, I don't know this roster well enough to answer that particular question because the cap figure is going to figure into the overall Tannehill decision. We got Rob Lewis of VolQuest.com coming up later in our show in our power hour to talk some Tennessee hoops, but still so much more to talk about with the Titans. Derrick Henry and his future with the team. Continue to talk more about that collaboration slash partnership, whatever you want to call it, between Rand Carthon and and Mike Vrabel and offensive coordinator, potential candidates, what Mike Vrabel may be looking for with the next Titans offensive coordinator. We'll get into all of this and more. And also, Hutton, what is most important coming up on the schedule for mm. the Tennessee Titans? We'll get into that when we come back. It's Tennessee Power Hour. It's getting very, very busy. And we're served up by Nelson's Greenbrier, Tennessee Whiskey. From Knoxville to Nashville, Titans news and analysis on the Tennessee Power Hour. Cheers, huh? Cheers, Withrow. And cheers to brothers Andy and Charlie Nelson. After a chance encounter, they dedicated their lives to resurrecting the family business, Nelson's Greenbrier Distillery. And what they found is that whiskey runs in their blood. Made in Nashville, Tennessee, Greenbrier Tennessee Whiskey is a taste of home with a real Nashville story. Head to GreenbrierDistillery.com for cocktail recipes and more info. Greenbrier Tennessee Whiskey and Nelson Brothers Bourbon now available throughout the great state of Tennessee. So ask for it at your favorite store. Get you some Greenbrier. Nelson's Greenbrier reminds you to drink responsibly. Greenbrier Tennessee Whiskey, 45.5% alcohol by volume. Don't pay too much for your new Ford. Custom order it from Two Rivers Ford just outside Nashville. Two Rivers Ford is the premier volume Ford dealer in Tennessee. 
They've been locally owned since 1983, and they sell all their new non-specialty Fords at just 1% over invoice. That's right, 1% over invoice. They treat you right, and you'll always get the best price. I know because my family has been buying from them for years. So call Two Rivers Ford today at toll-free 800-900-1000. Hello, Tennessee Power Hour listeners. My name is Hunter Briley, and I am with Regal Realty Group. And my name is Richard Van Clive. I'm also with Regal Realty Group. And we are great friends that treat our clients like great friends, because that's how we want to be treated. We are also born and raised here in Middle Tennessee and support our local team. And with an economy that's affecting everything except the real estate market, it's important to do business with friends that can tell you what's what. From contract to closing, everything in between, we have you covered go to regalrg.com to get started and happy football season hey it's hutton if you're in need of catering from big events to your weekend family gathering my friends at edley's barbecue have you covered they've been voted nashville's best barbecue four years in a row but i vouch for their nashville style barbecue far longer from corporate meetings to box lunches to weddings rehearsal dinners and holiday gatherings your neighborhood edley's barbecue location is where to turn edley's is a tribute to all things southern and authentic to all things tennessee nashville style barbecue edley's barbecue Order at edleysbbq.com. From Knoxville to Nashville, Titans news and analysis on the Tennessee Power Hour. We're back. Tennessee Power Hour served up by Nelson's Greenbrier Tennessee Whiskey. Enjoy responsibly 45.5% alcohol by volume. With Jonathan Hutton, I'm Chad Withrow. Every time I talk about Nelson's Greenbrier Tennessee Whiskey, I get excited about that Tennessee Whiskey. But Hutton, I also get excited about authentic Nashville-style barbecue. And you know where to find that barbecue to help with that Tennessee whiskey. Chad's always hungry. I always tell always him. Always hungry. Edley's is open. I'm Edley's barbecue. Also. Edley's barbecue. Straight carnivore, this guy. Edley'sBBQ.com. Chad loves meat, and he likes his meat smoked low and slow. Made Absolutely. from scratch, Who side dishes. You get that every day at Edley's Barbecue. Nashville-style barbecue with a neighborhood feel at Edley's. A tribute to all things Southern, authentic to all things Tennessee. They are great for catering parties, uh, great to take the, the, the family on Sundays, on the weekends, grab and go. You can grab for the weekend, have plenty of leftovers to make different meals throughout the week. You can order at edleysbbq.com. Nashville-style barbecue is Edley's Barbecue. So, Hutton, going down the list of priorities for uh, for Rand Carthon, his answer on Ryan Tannehill was one thing. His answer on Derrick Henry was very different Yeah, I felt in terms that, of commitment. Yeah, well, maybe not commitment, but just vibe. The vibe was like, oh, we've seen, we've seen him do some great things. Um, this is an organization committed to the run. And then he says he can't wait to actually see him in person and size him up. Right, just see how big the dude really is. You know, like it was just a different answer than you know what I don't know Almost this like roster. He was a fan, and he was marveling at yeah. Derrick Henry. You know, I don't bit. know this roster that well. Let me no. It's I, I think just getting you get a sense that he's in lockstep with the organization's culture and mantra and philosophy of it starts up front on both sides of the line of scrimmage, and you've got to be able to run the football. Now that doesn't mean that you can't also do different things than what they've done offensively. You can still run the football at a high rate. And it's not like Henry sucked this year. No. His production, though, didn't lead to wins because his offensive line and the talent around him didn't stay on the field long enough. So uh, I think Henry can factor into it. I think he's also someone that you would look to restructure the final year of his deal because 
they gave him a bump last year because he doesn't have any guaranteed money left. So, biggest challenge is right out of the gate. Now that this hire has been made, what is challenge number one for Rand Carthon moving forward during this offseason? Well, we're going to know very soon where they're headed on a reload or rebuild because his biggest challenge, Chad, is right there in front of him. He has to dive in headfirst on the team's cap situation and determine which veterans are part of the immediate future and which guys have to be cut loose. Let's also add in um, the great and late Mark Howard whenever he had prep for his shows on the wake-up zone. Yep. He didn't start with item one. He had item zero at the top of his list. Item zero was the first topic. For me, item zero for Rand Carthon is Jeffrey Simmons. You've got to lock him up. And you have to have a plan in place and a structure cap-wise in order to make that fit so you can kick the can down the road if you so choose on a veteran quarterback salary. So I put him on the list here as that's immediately on, on things he's got to get going. But keep in mind, like he's, he's headed to the Senior Bowl next week. And that draft evaluation really starts. The good news, though, is he's not behind on the draft. He's been churning the draft out in San Francisco. So it's not like he's going to be caught off guard with types of players that, I mean, if you really describe a San Francisco 49ers type player, it probably fits with what the Titans want. Um, so I, I don't think he's behind in that regard. But the, the overall top of the list, biggest challenges are getting to know this roster and which guys actually fit where they're headed versus who they need to acquire. And that comes with the staff. He's got, to get, he's got a scouting staff he hasn't worked with. He has to communicate exactly what they're looking for and why. And then those people that are working under him need to be able to echo his voice and his tone and his vision the same way that they would do that in San Fran, because that's why he got the job. As we record this podcast, Titans still did not have an offensive coordinator. Uh, earlier this week, one possible coordinator off the board, Bill O'Brien, mm-hmm. going back to New England to work for Bill Belichick, leaving Alabama. Um what do you see in this possible offensive coordinator, Hutton? And, and maybe more importantly, what does the decision tell you about the direction you think this franchise is going and viewing the current offensive setup? Well, it's a necessity that they have to be more innovative on offense. Adapt or die. And this coordinator search can be a next step higher for them. A chance to change up how this offense is structured fresh ideas, how and when they use certain concepts. But I think the overall focus of the offense remains the same. They, they can still lean on a run game, and they will. They, they'll be built through their offensive line. None of that changes. But they need to build this offense to close out a game. They can't be reliant on just one area. And if that area is shut down, they're done. They have no chance of driving the field. The offensive coordinator needs the talent of stacking plays. Make the defense chase the next call, not the other way around. I felt far too often that was happening with Downing. It's, it's really lacked in that area, and I think that's the next phase of this. If you're going to change some things up, and I don't think Vrabel is married to any one particular idea. I think he's open to doing literally anything. If he thought that the wing tee would win him a football game that week, he would run the wing tee. 
So I, I don't think he's against anything I mean, if, or he, any look, philosophy. He showed us that he thought, you know, a slant, that, and then you throw it backwards to the opposite <laughs> sideline against the Jacksonville. If it might win you a football game, well, see, you're going to run that play too. So I don't, I'm sure that play can work, but it's when Downing called that play, having a feel for when to do that. The sweep to Malik Willis, where he fumbled it against the Indianapolis Colts after Henry was mauling them. He calls that play, and it ends like all the momentum is drained. That's what I'm talking about. It can be Tim Kelly. Tim Kelly can be the in-house candidate and be much different than Todd Downing. It can also be someone that comes in from an organization that runs a different style, a different type system, like an Eric Bieniemy, yep. who doesn't lean on the run because he has Patrick Mahomes, but is someone that can be innovative and creative in what they're doing and an offense that actually fits more pieces to the overall team puzzle than just this one area, which is ground and pound run game. We're screwed if we have to be in third and long. That just doesn't work. And I think that's what they need to get back to. They need to get back to a, a coordinator that's going to bring fresh ideas but still lean on the overall philosophy of the of the organization. Hun, we got a bit of a sprint now in the pre-draft activity portion of the calendar for the Titans, for Rand Carthon, for for Mike Vrabel. As we watch this partnership develop, two guys responsible for football together, mm-hmm. how important is this stretch now and this schedule getting busy for those two guys getting ready for the draft? Well, the Senior Bowl next week starts on Monday. They can arrive on Sunday, and the Senior Bowl, now more than it ever has been, is about the interviews, just like you see at the Combine. So, you know, to tie it into the Tennessee Power Hour, Hendon Hooker will be at the Senior Bowl. He's not going to be participating because of his injury. He's going to be running the gauntlet of interviews with general managers, scouts, head coaches. They can all chat with players now. And I, I think that's important, identifying who is the Titans-type player. They've got away from that. Identifying who loves ball. I think now more than ever, that's extremely difficult. And the senior bowl is right out of the gate, and that's why they made sure they had the general manager locked in before all of this started. And then you turn around, there's the NFLPA bowl game that'll be taking place that same weekend. And then by the time you you know, you blink, you're off and running for NFL free agency, which starts on March 15th. But oh, by the way, just prior to that, you've got the NFL Combine. They're extremely packed with all things personnel right now. And communication has to be on point from Rand Carthon with a staff that he doesn't know all that well. Hutton, we've got another show next week. That'll be our final show for this year, this iteration of Tennessee Power Hour. Um, How much will the draft pick tell you about Rand Carthon? Just this first pick out of the gate and how he handles it. We all remember what John Robinson did with his first pick. Mm -hmm. How much is that going to tell you about his direction with Mike Vrabel and what they're looking to do? Or will it tell you much at all? That's a good question. I I think the regardless of who the general manager is or was or was going to be, if you stick at 11, it just feels like wide receiver or offensive line to me. Because that's the piece that's just wide open no matter what you're running. But I'll say, like to me, the I'm going to learn a lot about what they do at quarterback more than I will what they do at number 11. Do they restructure Tannehill to keep him here and say, you know what, he's, he's, he's going to be fine for us as we get pieces around him, or is it we've got to make a big-time move to go get a quarterback that's going to lead us to where we want to be? 
we'll know we'll know very soon on that and we'll also know how he's going to approach negotiations as he begins those talks with Jeffrey Simmons it's going to be an important offseason no no doubt about it this this team is at a at a crossing point that uh, we haven't seen in a few years so It'll be fun to follow, and we'll continue talking about it here on the Tennessee Power Hour. When we come back, we're going to shift gears, talk some Vols. Tennessee basketball ranked fourth in the country in the AP poll. they got a big game this weekend in Knoxville against Texas. Rick Barnes' old team. We'll talk to an old friend of ours. Rob Lewis, VolQuest.com, will join us for a couple segments to talk some Tennessee hoops when we return. It's the Tennessee Power Hour, served up by Nelson's Greenbrier Tennessee Whiskey. From the Honky Tonks to Rocky Top. The Tennessee Power Hour continues next. Cheers, huh? Cheers, Withro. And cheers to brothers Andy and Charlie Nelson. After a chance encounter, they dedicated their lives to resurrecting the family business, Nelson's Greenbrier Distillery. And what they found is that whiskey runs in their blood. Made in Nashville, Tennessee, Greenbrier Tennessee whiskey is a taste of home with a real Nashville story. Head to GreenbrierDistillery.com for cocktail recipes and more info. Greenbrier Tennessee Whiskey and Nelson Brothers Bourbon now available throughout the great state of Tennessee. So ask for it at your favorite store. Get Get you some some Greenbrier. Nelson's Greenbrier reminds you to drink responsibly. Greenbrier Tennessee Whiskey, 45.5% alcohol by volume. Don't pay too much for your new Ford. Custom order it from Two Rivers Ford just outside Nashville. Two Rivers Ford is the premier volume Ford dealer in Tennessee. They've been locally owned since 1983, and they sell all their new non-specialty Fords at just 1% over invoice. That's right, 1% over invoice. They treat you right, and you'll always get the best price. I know because my family has been buying from them for years. So call Two Rivers Ford today at toll-free 800-900-1000. Hello, Tennessee Power Hour listeners. My name is Hunter Briley, and I am with Regal Realty Group. And my name is Richard Van Clive. I'm also with Regal Realty Group. And we are great friends that treat our clients like great friends, because that's how we want to be treated. We are also born and raised here in Middle Tennessee and support our local team. And with an economy that's affecting everything except the real estate market, it's important to do business with friends that can tell you what's what. From contract to closing, everything in between, we have have you covered go to regalrg.com to get started and happy football season hey it's Hutton get prepared for your next tailgate with my friends at Edley's barbecue you've got options wings in 25 or 50 count platters smoke pulled pork the best brisket tender turkey and scratch made sides family style Edley's is perfect on game day or for take home Edley's barbecue smokes all meats low and slow and all sides are classic family recipes fresh every day Edley's is a tribute to all things southern and authentic to all things Tennessee Nashville style barbecue Edley's barbecue order at Edley's BBQ this is the Tennessee Power Hour with Jonathan Hutton and Chad Withrow. And we're back. Tennessee Power Hour served up by Nelson's Greenbrier Tennessee Whiskey. Enjoy responsibly 45.5% alcohol by volume. Alongside Jonathan Hutton, I'm Chad Withrow. Proud to have my friends at Regal Realty Group on board. Pumped at my friends, Hunter and Richard. Hunter Briley, Richard Van Clive at Regal Realty. Known them for a long time, still hang out with them. Them and their agents at Regal Realty Group, they're good people. It's very simple. They want good people in their network. So if you're looking to buy or sell your house, then Regal Realty Group will help you from contract to closing and everything in between. Let them do the heavy lifting and make it easy for you. Hit them up at RegalRG.com. One of our old friends, Rob Lewis, who does a great job with VolQuest.com on the On3 network. We've had um, we've had Austin Price on this show, Hutton. We've had Brent Hubs on this show. 
it's basketball season now, yes. so it's time to talk with Rob Absolutely. Lewis, some Tennessee hoops. Rob, appreciate you hopping on with us, man. No problem, guys. Glad to do it. So I, I want to start just in general with Rick Barnes and sort of the groove he's found with this program. When they transitioned from the Grant Williams, Admiral Schofield era of great basketball, they had that one year where the pandemic hit, but they were not going to be in the NCAA tournament in that 2019-2020 season. And then really seamlessly from 2021-2022, now with this 2023 group, it feels like, Rob, he's found that formula again for the types of players he wants to recruit mixed with that five-star possible one-and-done freshman what do you think just overall about the the groove that Rick Barnes is in with his staff and with his recruiting? Well, I mean, I think you, you make a great point, Chad. I think you know he's, he's done a really good job of, you know, identifying kids that are going to be three and four year players, you know, and not just that, but kids that can, can take his style of coaching, can, can flourish inside the program the way that they're, they're going to be, you know, held accountable and, and it's not for everybody, but but it is for guys like Santiago Vescovi, like Josiah Jordan James, um, you know, kids kids that that fit his system really flourish. I mean, Grant Williams, Admiral Schofield, go back to those days. I mean, those guys got better every year, and and, and you're seeing that now with guys like Josiah, like Santiago. I mean, just Jonas Adu is is not as far along in, in in his development, but you can see the steps that he's taken from from year one to year two, and and as you mentioned. Sprinkle it in the five star one and done guys like like he's done with Keon Johnson, Jaden Springer, uh, Kennedy Chandler, and possibly this year Julian Phillips. But uh, it, it does feel Chad like like he has found a groove, like he has found a formula that works for him. And unlike some coaches his age, you know he's I, I don't I don't know that flourish is too strong a word, but he's found a way to have success in this new era of NIL and transfer portal. And it's not. It, it doesn't feel to me like you know. I, I talk with him all the time, around him all the time. It doesn't feel to me like it's about to chase him from the game the way it did Roy Williams or or Mike Krzyzewski or, or Jay Wright. How much fun is it for you to cover this team with with Rick Barnes? Because we haven't been around him a ton, but every time we get a chance to interview him, it's just refreshing levels of honesty. When when you talk to him, I don't ever feel like you're getting a, a full filtered experience with Rick Barnes and how he talks about his team. What's it been like being up close and personal with this group since he's been there? Yeah, it's 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 great, Chad. I mean, you hit the nail on the head. There's not any. He's not worried about perception. He doesn't have like you know the Butch Jones insecurity complex where you know he's worried about you know how is this going to play? What are they going to think about me if I say this? You know how does this look? I mean, he's. He's a million miles past any of that in his professional career. When you talk about how secure he is in his own skin, in, in the job that he does, and another element of it that that makes it fun is you know Rick Barnes just doesn't recruit bad kids. I mean he's 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 way <laughs> he is way past the the part of his career where he might you know have a sliding scale for like well you know if this guy is this good then maybe I can put up with this much nonsense off the court. No, he, he's not putting up with any nonsense. Uh, off the court, he he is not recruiting anybody that he doesn't want to coach, that he doesn't want to be in the gym with for hours, that he doesn't want to you know share time in the locker room with, and you know it's 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 kind of a maybe a cliche that gets thrown around a lot in sports, but I, real legit one of the the sh- biggest strengths about Tennessee's program under Rick Barnes is the culture inside the locker room. It, it's the culture created by kids that that hold each other accountable and. You know, you just—it's just a never-ending cycle right now of of upperclassmen leadership that goes back to when Grant Admiral were here. Uh, the, Josiah carries the torch now. Santiago carries the torch now, and it's 
it has really been one of the more interesting aspects of his program to watch. Rob, do you feel like he's got um, a set amount of years that's a goal for him to continue coaching? Is this a year-to-year thing, or is he not even thinking about that in the least, and he plans on coaching another five to ten years? Or do you think there's a set amount in his mind? I definitely do not think there's a set amount in, in his mind. I, I think I would almost say it's more of a day-to-day thing because I've, I've asked him about it before, just you know, off the record, not you know, not for any kind of news item. Just you know, coach, how much longer do you think you're going to be doing this? You know, when Shashevsky retired, or when Roy Williams retired, or when Jay Wright retired, and you know, we might just be chatting, and I'll you know, bounce it off of him. And and his his response to me for the last three or four years has been exactly the same. He's like, Rob, the day that I'm not excited about. To, about walking in the gym and going to practice with my guys, that's the day that I'm going to know that I need to hang it up, and that hasn't happened yet. And Rob, I, and I kind of believe I kind of believe that because I mean he he loves to live in the gym. Rob Lewis with his Volquest. Rob, it, NIL is is burning out a lot of coaches. Do you get a sense that's happening for Coach Rick Barnes? I do not get a sense that's happening. I mean, I think he, like a lot of people, struggled with it in the beginning, you know, just trying to figure out how he was going to incorporate it into what he has done. But I think that Tennessee has been ahead of the curve with, with the collective, with what Spire has done here in Knoxville. Um, I don't, I don't know about other coaches. Rick Barnes is not very hands-on with, with that. I mean, I think some coaches elsewhere in the country are, I mean, he, he is aware of Spire. He wants his, his current players that are on the roster. He is, very interested in, in that they benefit from NIL I mean, kids that have been here and, and worked and, you know, sold, helped sell tickets or sell jerseys. I mean, he's, he is totally on board with that. I think the recruiting aspect of it, you know, took him a minute to just sort of, you know, get comfortable with it. And, but again, I, I give Spire and, and the, that collective here in Tennessee and Knoxville, a lot of credit for, uh, for working, for making it pretty seamless. And, and I don't, I don't again. I don't know what the level of involvement for a lot of head coaches out there, but as far as the day to day hands on stuff, I don't think Rick, Rick is, has got people you know inside the program that I, I think act as liaisons um, with the collective. Don't think he gets very involved with it, but he is very comfortable with it, and he is very accepting of the fact that it's here to stay. Whereas I think you know some coaches in his generation were more trying to put the genie back in the bottle. I mean, I think he's. He, he is very aware that that's not going to happen and that if he's going to keep doing this in this business, keep recruiting the best players, that he's going to get on board with it. He's done that. So we're going to get specific with this year's team, and uh, we're going to preview Tennessee-Texas a little bit later as well. But I want to start with this, this simple question. You mentioned Z- Josiah Jordan-James, Santiago Vescovi as two leaders of this team. Is there a clear one and two? Is this a package deal? Is there a group of leaders at the very top that are veteran guys? I guess I'm asking, who is sort of the alpha of this Tennessee basketball team, Rob? Oh, I would say, like in the locker room, like when when it's time for somebody to say something, I would I would say that's Josiah, un, unquestionably. Um, and he's not, you know, he's not a guy that 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 will yell at teammates. I mean, Tennessee's had some of those. Admiral Schofield would do that, you know, if, if he needed to for sure. But he is so well respected in the locker room. His voice carries a lot of weight. And, um, you know, I put Santi in there, but he's more of a lead by example guy, but I mean, just works so hard um, in practice. You know, they they have these GPS things on, on guys' jerseys all the time. So you can really see who's getting after it in practice. And, you know, Tennessee has, has readouts. They have, you know, um, displays where you can see who's running. And consistently, um, 
Santiago will be at the top of that list every week where he's running a couple of marathons just in practice. So he gets a ton of respect just for the way it works. But the other guy I would throw up there is Zakai. Just his his energy, uh, the intensity and effort he plays with is just contagious. Uh, if he has something to say, that's going to be listened to. But I, I think the the one guy, the, the guy who's an extension of Rick Barnes, who has the trust of the staff, who has the trust of the kids, is, is Josiah, That un- unquestionably. How surprised were you by Ziegler's performance against Kentucky? Because, I mean, I think we have come to expect so much from him that when he's missing wide-open layups and playing poorly, it's it's a big surprise. Yeah, really surprised because he's just – I mean, he's established himself as a clutch kid. And I mean, that's what for me. That's that's one game for him. I mean, I, I'm I would I would forget it and not expect him to repeat it. But I bet you know, knowing Zakai a little bit, I bet that's also the kind of thing that fuels him, that you know drove him to go on. You know, he, he started out horrible the next night at Mississippi State, and then you know kind of righted the ship. Ended up with a career high twenty four points. Uh, was great at the point after that. So I'm knowing Zakai, knowing the kind of competitor he is. I would say the Kentucky game lit a fire under him. and But to answer your question, Chad, really surprised. If you're going to point to one guy on the team that's going to blow two or three layups in that kind of situation that really hurts you, he probably would have been last on my list. Yeah, and it played all 40 minutes of that game in Starkville against Mississippi State, too. I thought it was funny during the broadcast um, someone saying that you know Rick Barnes usually likes to threaten people to bench them if they're not playing well, but he told Zakai before the game, you've got no backup because of the sickness and then the injury. Uh, you're going to have to play the entire time. And, and he responded and responded well. This Tennessee team has responded well since the loss to, to Kentucky at home. Big stretch coming up for the Vols, yep. though, and we're going to talk specifically about Texas this weekend and the possible top 10 matchup between those two teams. We'll discuss that with Rob Lewis of VolQuest.com when we come back. It's the Tennessee Power Hour served up by Nelson's Greenbrier Tennessee Whiskey. From the hockey tonks to Rocky Top, the Tennessee Power Hour continues next. Cheers, huh? Cheers, Withro. And cheers to brothers Andy and Charlie Nelson. After a chance encounter, they dedicated their lives to resurrecting the family business, Nelson's Greenbrier Distillery. And what they found is that whiskey runs in their blood. Made in Nashville, Tennessee, Greenbrier Tennessee whiskey is a taste of home with a real Nashville story. Head to GreenbrierDistillery.com for cocktail recipes and more info. Greenbrier Tennessee whiskey and Nelson Brothers bourbon now available throughout the great state of Tennessee. So ask for it at your favorite store. Get you some Greenbrier. Nelson's Greenbrier reminds you to drink responsibly. Greenbrier Tennessee Whiskey, 45.5% alcohol by volume. Don't pay too much for your new Ford. Custom order it from Two Rivers Ford just outside Nashville. Two Rivers Ford is the premier volume Ford dealer in Tennessee. They've been locally owned since 1983, and they sell all their new non-specialty Fords at just 1% over invoice. That's right, 1% over invoice. They treat you right, and you'll always get the best price. I know because my family has been buying from them for years. So call Two Rivers Ford today at toll-free 800-900-1000. Hey, it's Hutton. Get prepared for your next tailgate with my friends at Edley's Barbecue. You've got options, wings in 25 or 50 count platters, smoked pulled pork, the best brisket, tender turkey, and scratch-made sides family style. Edley's is perfect on game day or for take-home. Edley's Barbecue smokes all meats low and slow, and all sides are classic family recipes, fresh every day. Edley's is a tribute to all things Southern and authentic to all things Tennessee. Nashville-style barbecue. Edley's Barbecue. Order at edleysbbq.com. 
Hello, Tennessee Power Hour listeners. My name is Hunter Briley, and I'm with Regal Realty Group. And my name is Richard Van Clive. I'm also with Regal Realty Group. And we are great friends that treat our clients like great friends. Because that's how we want to be treated. We are also born and raised here in Middle Tennessee and support our local team. And with an economy that's affecting everything except the real estate market, it's important to do business with friends that can tell you what's what. From contract to closing, everything in between, we have you covered. Go to RegalRG.com to get started. And happy football season. is the Tennessee Power Hour with Jonathan Hutton and Chad Withrow. We're back, Tennessee Power Hour, served up by Nelson's Greenbrier Tennessee Whiskey. Enjoy responsibly, 45.5% alcohol by volume. Chad Withrow, Jonathan Hutton with you. Rob Lewis of AllQuest.com is our guest talking some Tennessee hoops. Top five ranked Tennessee basketball, number four in the country. Rob, um, I, I have this debate with buddies of mine that, that watch a lot of Tennessee basketball. How important is Uroš Plavšić to this team exactly in, in what he brings and his presence on the court? Because he's a very divisive guy, not That's just with the other question. team uh, getting, under their, uh, getting under their skin. He's divisive with the fan base as well. Yeah, I think it varies from game to game, Chad. I think, it's, I, I think he's really, you know, how effective or how much you need him is really dictated by the matchups. I mean, are you going against a big physical Front line that that's going to shove Jonas a, 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 a do around. You need you know, Plavic's, um physicality in the paint. Um, man, I, I'm not a Euro shader. I, I get the polarizing aspect of it. I mean, it, he's a really good kid. He is a great teammate and a hard worker. It would not hurt my feelings to see Jonas Adu and Toby Awaka really, you know, kind of steal his minutes. I think I think you saw it at LSU when, when Euros was out, and, and Rick went small with Josiah at the four. And whether the five man was Olivier or, or Adu, I, I just thought everything looked so much better, especially in the offensive end. And I, you don't want to take too much from LSU. That's not a good team. They're struggling right now in, in Matt McMahon's first year. But I, I thought offensively, with with that small ball lineup with Euros not out there, I, I, I just felt like it, Tennessee looked so much better. Felt like it opened things up. Felt like the spacing was so much better. And I, th- I think that's going to be the predominant look you see going forward. And I, th- I think you're going to see Eurosh's minutes take a hit. I'm so glad you mentioned Tobey Awaka because I feel like if Rick Barnes has a true superpower as a coach, I'm going to give three examples on this roster that just blows my mind. The improvement you see in those guys and the diamond in the rough status that's not very common now in major college basketball with guys. You see a lot more where just the top prospects are the top prospects when they get to their school. Sakai Ziegler is one of them. His old AAU teammate, Tobey Awaka, is another one that no one really knew about, and he looks like a future star if he's not becoming one this season. And the third one is, is Jemai Meshack and his improvement from year one to year two. Rob, I, Rob, I didn't think he was going to play at Tennessee after one year. I thought he was going to be a guy who'd transfer out and play at a lower level, and he's gotten a ton better this past offseason. What do you think about those three guys and what it says about Rick Barnes and his staff? Oh, I couldn't agree more. I mean, and if you look at Tobey and, and Zakai were both guys who got through their, their senior year of high school and didn't have a high major offer. You know, I mean, Zakai didn't, Zakai was going to go back and take a fifth year to go to prep school and hope, hope he found something. Tobey, super smart kid, was probably going to end up at the Ivy League. He's a guy that had offers from legit every Ivy League program, you know, in, in that conference. So that was, that was probably where he was headed. And, um, you can't say enough about, you know, Olivier Camwell was was kind of the same deal. Rick found him in the spring, 
of his summer uh, of his senior year. And um, I, I think you know the, the one and dones are flashy. I mean, it's it's fun to talk about Kennedy Chandler and you know Keon Johnson and, and those guys. And and I and, and I think it's important for recruiting purposes that you bring some of those guys through the, through your program. You can show that you can get them to the next level. But I mean, I, I think this program is built on on those you know three and four years four year guys, and not just that, but also the player development. I I think that's been the strength since Rick's been here, Chad, is, is how guys get noticeably better. And it's not for everybody. I mean, kids will wash out. I mean, somebody washes out every year. I mean, Justin Powell's gone from last year. It was was not for him. Um, you know, same for, for Quentin Dabuche, although that, that one might have been a little bit more about, about talent. But some, some guys get in here, and it's just it's not for them. But the guys who stick it out, they get better and better. I mean, Grant Williams is getting ready to sign an NBA contract you know, this off season that is going to give him generational wealth. And he was, you know, six years ago, he was a pudgy kid from, from Charlotte that Tennessee beat yell out from or yell out for. And I'm not, you know, that's, that's not all Rick, that's not, you know, the kids you know, have, have to do their part too. But I'm just saying when, when they find a kid who is one of those diamonds in the rough, who has the work ethic, who has the desire, uh, they can get them there. They're going to get, they are going to reach their potential in, in this program. Rob Lewis with us on the Tennessee Power Hour, served up by Nelson's Greenbrier Tennessee Whiskey. Rob, a lot can happen over the next three weeks, but what can the the matchup feel, look like, mean for Tennessee and Alabama on February 15th? Oh, I think that's going to be a war. And it's going to be, you know, it's going to be so much about, you know, Tennessee's defense versus the best offense in the SEC. I mean, that's, that's how it's, you know, that, that's going to be the storyline. And, it's hard to, you know, argue that that shouldn't be the storyline. Uh, I mean, Alabama comes in clearly. I mean, the best offense in the league. They're averaging, I, I think, right at eighty-five points a game. I think Vandy's the only other team that's even over eighty. And in, I mean, this and this is really impressive when you're just talking about league play. We're not talking about non-conference. There's no, you know, Appalachian states or ETSU's in here. Just in SEC play, Alabama has a plus twenty-one margin of victory. In in seven games, that's that's pretty strong. Um, that, that's pretty strong. So I I, I just think it's going to be, you know, contrast and styles is really probably too strong because Rick wants to play fast. I mean, Tennessee is the third the third highest scoring team in the league since SEC play started, but it's still a, a team whose identity is all about that defense. Um, so I mean, I know we're we're about three weeks away from that matchup, but the way this league looks right now, unless. And, and you, you, you said it. I mean, a lot can change in three weeks. But as of today, I mean, Tennessee and Alabama clearly look like the class of this league. I mean, depending on where you look, they're, they're either both a one seed or a one and a two seed. And, um, you know, that, that matchup here in Knoxville on February 15th is probably going to go a very long way towards determining the regular season champ. Yeah, long way to go. But two, the latest two projections that I see the most both have Alabama and Tennessee as one seeds. Tennessee is the fourth one seed out west uh, in the projection, which is, is crazy to think about uh, with those two programs. We mentioned Julian Phillips briefly. Big week for him, Rob. He's SEC freshman of the week with his performance uh, against Mississippi State and LSU this past week. Both turned out to be pretty comfortable wins for Tennessee. What do you think about him starting to be more assertive with this team offensively? Yeah, I think he is starting to be, Chad. And, and, and I think you saw I, – I, he, he's not a kid that is is – you know, lack, lacks assertiveness or whatever, but I, I thought you saw it last week when when they were down two guys, when they were down Santi and, and Tyreek Key at Mississippi State, 
and Julian knew he was going to have to go out and produce that night, and he goes out and puts up 18 and 11. I just, you know, some nights I think he's afraid to step on toes a little bit. He, he's not as aggressive as his ability demands that, that he should be. And, and for this team to really get their ceiling, you know, he's got to be a guy that, that goes out there and, and, you know, gets 10, 12, 13 points a night that gets on the boards. Because, I mean, if you're just talking about sheer talent, he, he's the most talented guy on this Tennessee team. And I think having Josiah back and, and experimenting with, with that small ball lineup, I think that will help Julian a lot. Um, not a lot of teams out there have two dudes that are, are six, 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 seven, six, eight, that, that are going to match up really well with, with Josiah and Julian. And so I think that's going to open some things up for him. And also uh, really starting to shoot the three ball so much better in, in league play. He's not, he's not putting up a bunch of them, but he's six of 11, uh, small sample size, but I think w- when he gets that shot to go down, it just seems to put a spring in his step for the rest of the game. He hit one early against LSU, hit one early at Mississippi State, and uh, w- when he does that, I, I think it, um, you know, just op- opens opens a lot of things up for him and, and and gives him a little confidence. So my quick math shows me that Tennessee and SEC play uh, Alabama is at twenty one points per game. They're averaging uh, six, plus sixteen point four in SEC play, even with the seven-point home loss to Kentucky. So not that far off, really, from Alabama in terms of some some dominant performance from Tennessee. Uh, if this weekend's going to be a dominant performance against Texas, Rob, it's going to take a mammoth effort from the Vols. What do you think about the matchup between these two and Rick Barnes' current relationship with that Texas program, including their head coach that he coached? Yeah, I think that's really interesting. I mean, he coached Roddy Terry, uh, Chris Ogden, who's an assistant on the bench, uh, at Texas, also played for Rick, coached here at, at Tennessee for a year with him. So he, he's got a ton of ties uh, to that program. And I bet Texas, you know, hindsight being what it what it is, I bet they'd like I bet they'd like to have the old man back right now. Uh, but as as far as a matchup, I, I like the matchup for Tennessee, and and the biggest reason why uh, is Marcus Carter or Marcus Carr has been such a dominant scorer for Texas. He averages seventeen points a game. Um, I don't the, the next I, it's Ty, Tyree Sutter's are actually scored. He's a ten or eleven, but I mean he's a weapon, but well below what Carr does. And I, and Tennessee has just done an excellent job this season of taking out the opponent's best player. They do a great job scouting the the kids do a great job of taking the game plan to the playing floor and and executing what they've been practicing. Um, Texas has been really reliant on Carr. He he makes almost forty three percent from downtown. He's a prolific three point shooter. Uh, Tennessee has done a great job of defending the three-point line and a great job of taking out uh, an opponent's leading score, especially when that guy's a guard. Um, really, you know, took Matthew Morrell out of the game against Ole Miss a, a couple weeks ago. And if you if you don't have a really viable second or even third option against Tennessee, they, this team can really make tough make things tough on you defensively. Rob Lewis, VolQuest.com, and the On3 Network, one of the very best. Rob, thanks so much for the time today, the extended time. Really appreciate it, and we'll certainly be watching the balls this season. Thank you so much. All right, guys, thanks for having me. Enjoyed it. That's Rob Lewis. He's Jonathan Hutton. I'm Chad Withrow. We'll be back next week. It will be our final Tennessee Power Hour of the year. Will we be back? We'll keep teasing it. We don't know. Maybe, maybe not. We'll have to listen to find out. It's the Tennessee Power Hour served up by Nelson Greenbrier, Tennessee Whiskey.